we're being tasked with the impossible right now. Like, this is impossible. It was already impossible before COVID to be a working mom and to in, and try to like give your all to everything. And so I really, every morning, I'm like, this is impossible. I'm going to give myself praise. I'm going to do the best I can. But I think the number one way we can do that is by setting boundaries for ourselves, for our kids, and like sticking to them as the best as best we can. Welcome to CEO School. We are your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to introduce you to Lizzie Asa. She is an incredible business owner, mother, educator. She's the founder of the blog and Instagram account, The Workspace for Children. And she's personally helped me so much with parenting in the times of COVID. Um, She's an independent play expert, and I'm really excited to have her on the show to talk all things uh, growing her blog into a business as well as how we can all navigate motherhood during these crazy times. So welcome to the show, Lizzie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I want to start by diving in. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Workspace for Children is um, and where people can find you to just start off? Sure. So the Workspace for Children is a blog and an Instagram, like you said. Um, And you can find me. I mostly hang out on Instagram at the Workspace for Children. Um, And then everything else lives on my website, which is workspaceforchildren.com. Okay. So tell me about how Workspace for Children got started because obviously now you have a huge community. You share daily tips about how to um, help your children have independent play and communication, but it didn't start out that way. So can you take us back to the beginning and, uh, you know, really what what was your journey growing this community? Sure. So most people don't know this, but The Workspace for Children started as a tiny process art studio in the basement of my house um, where I helped parents and caregivers. um, They would bring their kids, their little kids who were like two, three, and four, and I would do open-ended process art with them and teach the parents how to kind of get out of their own way and let their children just play and watch how their children could self-direct their own play without the parents sort of getting in the way. So Um, it actually started as in-person workshops. It started as in-person workshops. Yeah. I would book these like six week sessions for people and they would come once a week. Oh, I had no idea. Okay. So what made you decide, okay, I don't want to do this with, you know, six, 12 people anymore. I'm going to start a blog or was it simultaneous? Well, I started my Instagram during when I was running the workshops because I wanted to show people just the, the magic that was happening in my basement. Um, and I only did it for about six months and it was really, really successful, but it wasn't scalable. I was exhausted. I was a stay-at-home mom with three very little kids. I think I had a first grader, a kindergartner and a baby and a one-year-old. And you're like Um, running workshops on the weekends (laughs) in the basement. It was crazy. I was doing it while they were at school and I had a babysitter upstairs with the baby. And basically what was happening is like, I wasn't feeling creative with my own kids. Like I would come up from my basement studio and not want to be what was at the heart with them. Um, It was hard. And so I started instead just sort of, I stopped doing that. 
And I did a little consulting for other people on the side um, because I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And I really, really wanted to contribute financially. It was really important to me. And to be honest, we needed the money. And I also, though, really loved being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I, I'm not one of those people who was like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I, but I hate it. I, that's not actually who I Yeah, you who thrive. I yeah. I, lo- right, I loved it. And I felt like I wanted to share that with other people. I think it's something interesting you mentioned here because it's something I hear from people a lot. Like the thing that you're so passionate and excited about, teaching independent play, it becomes something that it's almost in that in-person setting, you get so burnt out that you don't even enjoy it anymore. Like doing it with your kids felt like a chore. I know I felt that way when I was personal Mm -hmm. training. After you do seven sessions in a row, you don't want to turn around and like go lift weights. It sounds like the worst thing ever. So you kind of start to lose the passion and joy. That's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. So you have this Instagram account. It's starting to grow. What was the moment that you really realized, actually, I could replace my in-person workshop with my consulting income and really like, when did you see that this was possible for you? It was probably when I started Icon in December, 2019. So it's probably like that September is when I started following you. And I felt like I was starting to feel like, gosh, I'm doing all this work. And, you know, I was doing like influencer collaborations and things like that. And they were great. Um, But I would just, I just, I was putting so many hours of work into this. And like my husband and I just kept like late at night, we would sit there scratching our heads and be like, we have to figure out a way to monetize this. And I knew also that like I could help so many more people than like what maybe looked pretty on Instagram. Um, Because I think especially in the space I'm in, like the parenting and like art, you know, I'm not in the crafting space, but it sometimes like slips over into that. Like it looks like so Pinteresty, yeah. and that I feel like is so misleading. Yeah. And so I needed a way to sort of like open that up. Yeah. And did you see, and I mean, you, you were making a little bit of money off of influencers campaigns. You were also had already released an ebook, right? So did you see people in your oh, space right. doing it? Yeah. You, did you see people? So like, that's what happened. No, I listened. To, okay. So I, right. That reminds me. Okay. So I've always been this like growth oriented person. It's just who I am. And so I kept listening. I would listen to like every podcast, every single podcast on like Instagram people and like all those things. I took like, um, a different online workshop. Like I remember I invested like $500 or something and I felt like it was like so much money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I got started in the influencer space. That's what like got just like, let me do that. So then, right. So then I was listening to a podcast and I was like, I'm just going to write an ebook and like, see like if I can do this. And even though now it feels like it wasn't a big deal, like my kids and my husband do remind me, like I worked really hard on it. It took a lot of time. Um, but we all, we were talking about this the other day when I was launching, relaunching my course that like, I remember when I put the ebook live and like the like dings started coming in and like, we were all like cheering and we couldn't believe it. And at the end of it, like it was like a hundred people or something bought this like $10 ebook. And I thought it was like the biggest deal ever. It is. Um, and yeah, it was like the most, and that's when I was like, oh. People are, you know, and then when people started being like, this worked, like, that's when I was like, okay. And that's right around the time I started following you. And then I was good friends with Lainey from Life is But a Dish, who's another just really supportive person in business. And she really encouraged me. And then it just kind of like blew the top off. (laughs) 
I'm just imagining like your husband and your kids all like cheering as you're watching the sales come in. And I do feel like there is this moment. And for a long time, I felt like online business hasn't really been seen as, as legitimate or, and so I think it's interesting you started with that, those in-person workshops. Cause the moment you see those followers turn into actual, like it's money in your account. And I remember once talking to my financial advisor about this and I was like, Oh, you know, kind of like embarrassed to say like, I do eBooks and stuff like that. And he said, well, it's real dollars. And it's, it's, he's, they're absolutely right. It's, it's real people. It's no different from what you were doing in your basement. And in fact, the, to go from six people to a hundred yeah. people, like that's phenomenal. And of course, since you've created, you have multiple courses, you have an audio course, you've turned it into this whole educational. I'm, I'm a student of the Workspace for Children's uh, courses. They've been phenomenal in helping me. And so it's been really cool to see what it has turned into. So I, my ebook now is 20. I just looked before we started talking 2,500 downloads. That's insane. And you raised insane. the price. And I raised the price. 2,500 downloads. Amazing. Okay. So for someone out there that is thinking about starting a blog, especially in the like parenting or creative space, what tips would you give to someone who's just starting out? Um, I think it's about being really consistent with both like your message and with showing up. Um, and showing up as who you really are, not as who you think you're supposed to be. Um, I think that's like the biggest thing that connects me with my audience and connects my audience as a real and true community is that like, regardless of like where we come from or like what our house looks like or any of those things, like at the deep heart of it, we're all moms trying to do our best job that we can. Like whether we're a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom or, well, I guess there are no more. We're all, we're all work-from-home moms, right? right? <laughs> Or whatever it is, like we all just want to be the best mom we can be. And that's at the heart of it. And when you can show up and say like, I'm just like you, it just breaks down walls. I love that about you. When you show up on stories, it is genuinely just like your face in front of the camera talking to the camera. Like it's not any, and I think sometimes I say that with like so much respect because I think sometimes people feel like I have to put on a show or it has to be like something like it's genuinely, I feel like you're normally just sitting around the corner from your kids, just teaching us things. And I always learn so much from you on stories. So what's your content creation process? How do you go from, okay, I'm, I got my phone out. How do you decide what you're going to say and put together a post? Um, so basically what I do is, which I really was doing a little bit, but now I really leaned into since doing icon is really like batching my content. Um, so I know right now I've been working for the last month to get like all of August and September, you know, within reason ready. I also like my content to be super relevant, but when I want to sit down, I really ask myself like what's in it for the person who's reading this like how, like, I want to give them a quick win in my post, but I also want to help like build their philosophy. Does that make sense? Mm, I love that perspective. Tell me more. Yeah. So I want to, I want people to see like a, you know, I want to give them an action tip that they can do that will help them right now. Because I know, look, I'm a parenting and play expert and I still need help every single day. Right. So regardless of who you are, are like having like a small action tip that like will it's just so makes you feel more confident as a parent and that and to me the basis of being able to do anything with kids is confidence is like leading with confidence um and so the larger philosophy piece is I hope that all these tiny tips help build people's confidence as like who they are as a parent and like who they are not who I am like I'm always saying to people People. Like you don't have to put out what I put out or like say the language, how I say it. It's just about 
building the confidence to say what you mean. Something I think you do really well is really just helping people to feel um, safe in where they're at. You know, I know I've talked about publicly like the breakdowns I've had as a mom and how hard this is as a working mom and trying to juggle it all. And your the way that you speak just always makes me feel so safe and that like, hey, <laughs> that's okay. Everybody feels that way or everybody feels that way at some point instead of this like perfectionism. Um, is that something that you can speak more to, you know? Totally. This, yeah. I think like also, cause I was going to say this too about like with stories. I mean, even for me still, like I've been doing this for so long and connecting stories is one of my favorite things. And I still do have days where I flip the camera around and I'm like, Ew, I look so gross. Like, am I really just going to like, and then I'll say to myself, yes, I really am going to, because like my message is so much more important than like what I look like. And, but I've been doing it forever and I still have that hesitation. You know, I still have that moment sometimes, but then I really just care. I really care about like the parents in my community and I don't want to like hold back what I have that could like help, that could help them. So I just, amen. I just like, I want to shout from the rooftops. I feel like we don't show up so often because we like, don't look perfect or polished. Mm -hmm. We don't have everything all together. And I love when you show up on stories, like a normal human being. Like if I dropped into your house, that's how I would find you. And I think that's something that we really let get in the way. Um, we shouldn't. Yeah. It so and good. I think it's the same thing too with like starting your blog or whatever it is. Like just start, like just start. I was having a conversation with an old colleague of mine who's starting a new preschool program and we we're talking and like, I just kept, you know, she said, but this, I can't, this isn't perfect yet. And what, and I was like, nope, everyone's start is horrible. So like, bad. But that's why so many people don't do anything. Cause like they're worried about that horrible start. That's really inspiring. And something I think is really cool, you've mentioned a couple times that you've always come back to your why. And it wasn't about like getting the next number in your business or making more money or, you know, having more followers after your name. It was always like came back to the root of your family and um, the way that you wanted to raise them and how you wanted to help other women do that too. And I think that's something that I'm constantly reminding myself in business because there's times that like you get unhappy clients, you get haters, like there's times it just doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. and you wonder like, why am I even doing this? And so I think it's really cool to see how powerful that has been for you. Um, I would love to hear some tips for, you have been so transformative in helping me. So as of like March, I basically had a couple hours of childcare a week. It's been insane. I know almost every mom is in this um, position. I've been trying to like keep the company running everything on top of it. And you've been so phenomenal helping me. So for the mom who is at home right now, trying to be all the things to all the people and do all the things, what is like your top advice that you would give to her to help her just survive this season? Yeah. I mean, I'll give her the advice that I literally look in the mirror and give myself every day of that. Like we're being tasked with the impossible right now. Like this is impossible. It was already impossible before COVID to be a working mom and to in, and try to like give your all to everything. And so I really, every morning, I'm like, this is impossible. I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to do the best I can. But I think the number one way we can do that is by setting boundaries for ourselves, for our kids, and like sticking to them as the best, as best we can. Okay. So talk me through that because 
setting boundaries is hard in a normal world. It's even harder when everyone is on top of you. You know, the kids aren't mm-hmm. going to school. Nobody's going to work. Maybe your partner, if you have a partner, is going to work. Maybe they're not. And it feels like everybody's like right on top of each other. So how, what are yeah. some, some ways that you can not just say, okay, here's the schedule or here are the boundaries, but actually implement them when it feels like nobody has any of that private time. Yeah. I mean, uh, we actually don't stick to a firm schedule, but we do um, stick to daily quiet time in the middle of the day, every day. Um, Because that's time that I know, like as a mom, I can rely on that. Like mom is closed and barring an emergency, there's nothing you could do to change that. Like I'm not coming out. And like, I can say that now because my kids are 12, 10 and seven, and they've been doing quiet time for like 10 years. Um, And so I know so well that setting those boundaries gives back so much to everyone that like, there's zero about it. That's going to make me feel bad if they like cry or they're bored or they're mad because their friends are upset, whatever. I'm literally like, don't care because I know how valuable this is. But I think a lot of people, if you don't really know that, right, and you only know that by doing it, um, a lot of like guilt gets in the way. There's a um, lot of guilt and shame around like being a working mom anyway, regardless of yes. like doing doing quiet time or not. So what would you, how have you, how have you gotten past that? I'm very curious. I feel like it's still working for me. Why. I mean, I think, well, it is for me too. It is for everyone, but I feel like the biggest piece with the guilt is, you know, look, we are primed to not tell our kids to go away. You know, we're primed to be like that maternal, loving, unconditional, available every second figure, but that's not true. That's a lie. That doesn't work for anyone. And if you are that person, then you're probably also resentful and short-tempered and distracted. I mean, an example that I was recently sharing with someone, oh, I think I shared it on my feed recently, is that like, if you are someone who feels guilty, you feel guilty saying no when your kid wants you to play with them all day, then you play with them, but you're also like scrolling on your phone and you're thinking about your to-do list and you're probably like really anxious. So you're short-tempered with them. But if you're someone who says no right now is I'm closed, I'm taking care of my own needs, and you really do that, and you really take care of your own needs, then when you do go to connect with them, you're not distracted, you're not thinking about your to-do list, you're not short-tempered, you can truly authentically connect. And that, even if that is only like five minutes, as opposed to like the hour that you distractedly, like not authentically connected the five minutes is just so much more valuable. I love that language around being closed. I think that is something that is really powerful. And I know you have a bunch of really specific strategies inside your, your course. You have an audio course. Um, I know something that you taught that I loved is having a, like a post-it note or a piece of paper that they can write you notes while you're working. So what is like, if you could just teach one strategy that would be the most helpful for those, like I'm closed, what would it be? <sighs> That's hard because it depends on the age of your kids. Um, I think before, an important strategy though that does cross all the ages is that before you're closed to really like put everything down and to dig in and authentically connect even if it's for five minutes and to call it that, like to say, listen, in a little while, I'm going to be closed. I have a meet, you know, I have whatever you have. And no matter what, like I'm not going to be available for you, but right now, 
I am going to pay attention to just you. So I am watching, I'm putting my phone down, I'm closing the door. Even if the doorbell rings or the baby cries from her crib, I am not going to get up for the next five minutes. Let's set a timer for five minutes and just be together. That will fill your child's bucket so much that like they are so much more likely to leave you alone during the time when you have that call or that meeting. This is all just gold. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sitting over here like, yes, yes, yes. That's so helpful. You have a phenomenal course. Tell us about your course and um, how it works and, you know, why every single, I think, I think every mom needs it. So tell tell us about how it works and what's included in all that. I would love to. So my course is a self-guided audio course. um, And that means that you can take it at your own pace and you can also take it as many times as you want. So the course is developed to grow and evolve with you as your children grow and evolve. Um, So the way it works is there's four 25-minute modules that you can download your phone or you can listen to on your computer. um, And they are developed to be super concise because without quiet time, if you haven't taken the course yet, you probably don't have quiet time. So I really wanted to deliver this material to busy, busy moms um, in just like really consumable, actionable bites. Um, now, that said, in order to really assimilate language I, uh, language or knowledge, um, I know this as an early childhood teacher and as a student of other courses, you really need to be interactive um, when you're learning. So there, it's paired with a companion workbook. And in that workbook is where you're going to do the work and really like tailor the knowledge and the information to meet the needs of your unique and individual family. Because what I do with my family is not the same thing that you should do with your family because your kids are different than my kids and your style is different than my style and you should honor your own style. So this just gives you the skills and the knowledge behind that so you can hone your own skills. I love that. And I know you released the audio course um, shortly after like covid really started to uh, impact everybody here in the States. Can we, can you speak a little bit to, were you afraid to sell things during COVID? Like what was, what was that like? I was, not only was I so afraid, um, I'm usually pretty good at like not listening to the haters, right? Like I know the more that I grow, the more I invite that. And I actually, I just believe in what I'm doing so much that like, I don't feel like worried when people tell me that I'm bad or wrong. Um, but this was like a whole nother ball game. And to be honest, like Icon and my cohort speaking with you, like those are the people who all really helped me to do what I think is like at the basis of Icon, which is that like I have a service that's so important to give to other women. And this is the way that I can do that. How has it felt to be able to show, to have your business show up in a time where I feel like there's such a deep need? You know what? It's been like tremendously rewarding, but the parts that have been even the most rewarding is when I've shown up and been like, I'm just here with you in it. Like I, I, no one's ever done this before. Like, and instead of to being one of those people that's like, okay, I can solve this. Like, I'm going to tell you what to do. Follow the schedule. I mean, I remember at the beginning, so many people were like, Lizzie, give me a schedule, give me a schedule. And I kept saying, and I, I battled with myself, but in my heart, I know that that would just set people up for failure. And so I didn't do it. And I was really glad I didn't because like, it felt, it didn't feel authentic. It felt more authentic to say like, I can't really have a schedule for you. Like my kids don't even really have one. We've never done this before. It has to be day by day. It's not just like a magic fix. 
That's such a good point because I think every entrepreneur can relate to being in a place in your business where you felt pressure to do something a certain way because everybody else is doing it. I'm even thinking like just this week, the like black and white photo challenge on Instagram. There's so much just group think and pressure to, oh, should I be doing that? So how have you, or like, is there a process you go through to really do that internal gut check and figure out, is this the direction I should be going or am I just doing it because everyone else is doing it? I feel like I've really learned like in probably like the last three years, but especially since January starting icon um, to really follow my gut. And like, you got to do that. You do that in parenting. Right. And I think in parenting, I'm always trying to help people by telling them like, you are the person who knows your child best, not the expert, not the teacher, not me, not your pediatrician. You, you know your child best, go with your gut. Um, and so I need to, again, like practice what I preach and just really follow, like, like even with that black and white challenge, I didn't do it. Cause like something about it, I was just like, I don't know, like, why am I doing this? It's just like on the bandwagon. I'm not like an on the bandwagon type. And like, I did feel bad. Like I did feel bad when a lot of people tagged me and I just like kept writing them back and being like, thank you, but I'm not going to do it. Like, um, so yeah, I just really about, I think in business and life and parenting really like blocking out the noise so you can follow your gut. Oh, that's so beautiful. All right. I feel like you are one of the most phenomenal business, like I would call you an accidental businesswoman. I feel like you don't really, <laughs> whenever I have conversations with you, it's never about, you know, the numbers, the data, the goals. It's always very human centric, people centric, which I love, love, love about you. Um, can you speak to someone that is really doesn't see themselves as a businesswoman, but is in a place where they have an audience, they have people that want to buy things from them. Like how have you gotten through that imposter syndrome really? it's really hard. I still battle it all the time, but I do again, like, I feel like I'm just like plugging icon every second, but going through the program, having you as a mentor and also my cohort, my icon cohort, like we talk nonstop. Um, and so I just feel like, like the knowledge from other businesswomen saying to you in your ear, every time you doubt yourself, Nope, you got this. Like is so valuable. Like that community, entrepreneur community. I'd never had that before. Um, and I think that has really pushed me to be like, Oh yeah. Like I can do this. I am this. Yeah. That's so powerful. And community, I think is something that is like massively under, uh, underrated. I still feel that way. I mean, I have my friends that I text like on a daily, every other day basis, like, Hey, I need like, I need your support on this. And I don't think that that feeling ever goes away. You know, we were about to start recording this podcast and you said to me that you were nervous. I was like, me too. (laughs) And you said something about not really feeling like a businesswoman. I said, me too. (laughs) And so I think that it's something that like, I'm constantly, we're always looking, I think we're kind of trained to look for outside approval and someone else to say like, yes, you're a real business, you're a real business. And when you're doing it in your house, in your bed, I mean, I'm in my daughter's bedroom. You, you do Insta stories all the time around the corner from your kids in the playroom. Mm-hmm. You feel discredited a little bit that you're not as, as legit yeah. or as real because you're, you're just an influencer. You're just an Instagrammer. But the people that you've been able to help, I mean, that is something that there are thousands of business that haven't been able to have that reach, that impact, even just the free education that you do. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just, 
I feel you on that. I think it's something that's going to be this new generation of female entrepreneurs that are saying, actually, yes, I'm a real business and I don't need a power suit to... I feel like it's, so it's like that community piece. And because that, the thing is, and I feel like you guys are always saying this, like entrepreneurship can be so lonely. No one else knows what you do. Like they only see the outside which is so weird. Because from the outside, they don't see any of the hard work, the sweat, the years that went into building the community. And so actually, I'm curious. I'm sure you've had this happen to you. Um, has it been hard? Do you feel like you have to protect your boundaries? Are there people that like, want things from you all the time because you have a big influence? Do you, have you struggled yeah. with that as an entrepreneur? I used to in the beginning like feel like I needed to say yes. But again, I feel like I learned an icon, like at those like pretty sticky notes. I remember you saying that to me, something about, and I was like, oh my God, it was like such an aha moment that I was like, what did I say? say? You said that like looking at the sticky note, like looking at like the pretty sticky notes or like what's truly valuable. Like, is it just pretty or is it truly valuable and like moving the needle? And I had such an aha moment that I was like, oh my God. And I think coming from the influencer world too, it is about a lot about those pretty Pretty offices. Pretty sticky. Yeah. Okay. So to back up for for people that are listening, something that I get my highest views on my Insta stories, like when, whenever people talk about, you know, get really excited about my brand, it's when I'm showing a bunch of sticky notes on, on the walls. Like people get so excited about that. It's an important part of how I process and brain dump, but it's not the thing moving the needle. And I think there it's like the sticky note here is just an example for like shiny things, right? The, the pretty branded lifestyle photos, the numbers after your name, like that's the thing people want, but they don't see, it's like the very tip of the iceberg. They don't see everything that goes into Mm -hmm. it. Um, and I, I agree. I think that's something that's helped me a ton too, to say like, okay, you know, I, I appreciate that you see that part and you're interested in that part, but unless you're really willing to you know, come in and be here for the the gross parts, the times where I'm crying and everything's wrong and you're not going to like be there for me as a friend. Then I, like, I don't think this is a relationship that, uh, I mean, I think even more than that also is like, and this I learned from a woman in my cohort who's always saying this, like you can have so many followers, but if you can't convert them, like they, they're just there for what? No reason. Like the workspace for children is like really a community And so I want people who are like truly and actively engaged. And so that's why I never do like loop follow things or like, you know, a a lot of like branded stuff that's not super, super important in our life. Because while yes, those would grow my numbers a lot, they wouldn't necessarily attract the people that I want in this community, in this life. And being really clear on that makes it so much easier to say no. Yeah. That's such beautiful advice. I completely agree. Um, I think that, I feel like you're just saying again, like coming back to your why and knowing what you're doing and your purpose here and not being distracted by shiny objects and not being distracted by what everyone else is doing. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many numbers are next to your name. Like you're here for the impact. And I think that's, that's so beautiful. Exactly. Okay. Lizzie, this has been amazing. I feel like there were so many great tips. I've just like loved listening to you. I hope you guys loved the show. Is there like one last piece of advice? If you could tell somebody just one tip about you know, growing a business as a mom, what would it be? To take care of yourself first, like fill your bucket because self-care is childcare. It is. I don't even like to use the word self-care because it's such a buzz, but like really doing something for yourself, even if that means that like your kids have to wait, it's okay for them to wait. It's so important to like, you can't give what you don't have. 
I just like silent pause to, to draw that out. It's such a good point. It's such a good point. And I know there's so much like guilt and shame around it sometimes, but the more you just really stay true to yourself and your why and why you're a parent and why you're a business owner, I think the easier it'll be. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us about where they can get access to the audio course, how they can join the audio course and how they can find you on Instagram, uh, where to hang out. Should they DM you? What's the process? Okay. So I mostly hang out on Instagram at the Workspace for Children. Um, I just closed the doors on my audio course. So people who are interested can get on the wait list for the next launch. Um, and that's on my website and on my Instagram. My website is workspaceforchildren.com. Um, I think that's basically where I am. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing Thank all of you for having me. Amazing energy. You guys like run, don't walk to get on that wait list. So I'm going to actually beg her to give us a secret link for you guys so that you can, you can join and have access to this so that you can still be growing your business during these times and not feeling any guilt about it because you're an amazing, incredible woman, mother, uh, entrepreneur. So Lizzie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.